Welcome, everybody, to the Quarter Quest Comics on the Cheap podcast, a bi-weekly discussion about diving through the dirt bins and pulling out gold. All right, oldest book first, right? Right. So yeah, that is correct. What we should do is uh, explain what the show is actually about. We never really did that in the no. first one, <laughs> right? Uh, so uh, we had this idea of finding books that we found were a dollar or less and some amazing finds. Some are not so amazing, and we wanted to do them in a chrono- chronological order. Right. Something like from the 60s and 70s to uh, the 80s, 80s independent boom to the 90s. To whenever. Yeah, to now. We start with the oldest one first. Well, I kind of broke the rule immediately because I spent $2 for this. Oh, oh my, God. my God. It's still cheap. It's still it, not. Unbelievably cheap. All right. You're not paying four ninety nine for a book. So no. Still, still in the cheap section. All right. So I had to do it after we, our conversation for the last podcast. Commandy number twenty eight, nineteen seventy five. Nice. What I did like about this is the credits are very simple. Written and drawn by Jack Kirby, and inked and lettered by D. Bryce Berry. That's it. Nice and simple. Kept it sweet. All right. So, if you have you ever wondered what it'd be like if you were the last human on Earth when military armies were bulldogs, leopards, gorillas, and wolves who rode horses and spoke the king's English, and finally where Honey, I Shrank the Kids got the idea for the giant ant, this is the issue for you. This is... The last boy on Earth, and he's got a sidekick named Ben, who's a, they call him a mutant in this, but he's more of like a, a, a metallic monsterish type goon. Um, and Commandy ends up in the middle of a battle between the bulldogs and the leopards, and he took the side of the bulldogs and is helping to earn them the victory. So I got a question. Yes. The bulldogs and the leopards, are they actual bulldogs and leopards, or is it like West Side Story where it's... No. Legit. Legit. Okay. The only human-looking character in this whole thing is Commandy and the mutant character that's more of like uh, uh, I'd almost say like uh, Vision, maybe? Or Android-ish? Android-ish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, yeah. It's all... And they ride, you know, they were, these animals are riding horses. They mutated the um, insects to become gigantic creatures that they kept for pets. A lot of humor in it. I mean, there's one point where one of the bulldogs calls him Beastie and then sends him to stay in his tent. And Commander comes up and he's like, are we supposed to be staying in a tent or a kennel? Because he's answering to the Bulldogs. So, I mean, just silly things like that. So, what I liked... At first, I wasn't... I was like, what did I miss? Because this... I just picked it up. You know. Uh, but after I read it, I was like, boy, you know, that's somewhat kind of entertaining. I might look for other Jack Kirby commanders. Whoa. Within reason. Within reason. The part I did not like... Here comes the list, folks. (laughs) 
uh, was the Batman and the Mummy Twinkie ad. So, <laughs> this is ridiculous. So, the Mummy is actually talking plain English, having a conversation with himself, trying to trap a professor and his daughter in this cave. And Robin, being the moron that he is, decides he's going to shoot him with his mummy ray gun because they have a mummy ray gun. Of course, of course they did. And Batman points out, well, the mummy's already dead. The ray gun's not going to do anything. So why in the hell do they have it? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, probably could have spent that money on Robin's education about mummies a little bit more than spent buying a mummy ray gun. It's kind of like fighting vampires at night. <laughs> so, you know, the only thing that could save the professor and his overly attractive daughter, according to Batman, was a box of Twinkies. And I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I could see that. Twink- <laughs> Twinkies will survive everything. We'll have cockroaches, Twinkies, and Ric Flair at the end of an apocalypse. I got more out of the Twinkie ad than the actual book just because of the chaos that is in this Twinkie ad. <laughs> You should just collect all the Twinkie ads. <laughs> this could be somebody probably did. Oh, I'm sure somebody did. Yeah. I don't think there's a database that says what issue a Twinkie ad showed up in. <laughs> Maybe. I just had an idea for a database. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I had. Cool. Cool, uh, cool. I can't believe you read a Commandy. It wasn't horrible. Yeah. I, I've read the more current stuff and I was like, absolutely not. This is crap. This wasn't bad. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I did uh, Captain Canuck number 11 from Family Comics from 1980. Um, script was Richard Cumley. Family Comics, of course. Uh, pencils, George Freeman. Inks and color by George or Jean-Claude saint Aubin and George Freeman. This is issue 11. Haven't read the first 10. No idea what's going on. Had a kid talking to me the entire time. Story, kind of cool. Like, uh, aliens are somehow um, affecting the brains of people and, like, making splinter cells for some kind of weird, like, takeover attempt. And he gets involved with it somehow. Kids are missing and he's going to go find kids. And ends up pissing off the aliens and they launch thousands of people at it, right? That's it. That was the story. No character... Let me just back up. Uh, what I liked about the story, right? Um, the art was cool. Um, definitely 80s. Independent. Uh, coloring was okay. Kind of bland. But um, what I did not like about this book, there's no characterization. Other than, you know, he has his own, he has doubts, like, oh my god, am I good enough for this? Other than that, he's just a straight-up do-gooder. Like, just, there's, there, he has a secret identity. What is it? They keep saying this name, but they don't say that's him. Um, the funniest thing I've read in here was <laughs> one of the, uh, the letters to them, right? This guy from Boston was like, yeah, I just picked up issue 10 or whatever. It was okay. I mean, I really like this character, but uh, 
The art was great. Writing. You're not even one of my close, like, not even close to one of my favorite writers. That's awesome. It was like, damn, right? And just, they published this. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just straight up like, you know what? I, I, sometimes you just want to get away from, you know, the uh, immature writing of DC or the soap opera Marvel. But I really love Marvel, but I really, yeah. it was like, wow. He was like, contradicting himself through the whole thing and he's like yeah you kind of stuck at writing he was like so clearly they only got like what six letters or something so they had to publish something yeah apparently (laughs) (laughs) it was a slow slow month the comeback was totally Canadian right so uh, they were like I'm glad you appreciated the issue right it is different but I have to agree with you about getting rid of some of the backstories and blah 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 you know yeah, like he just was like super nice about it, like being told well, that he kind of sucks at writing. <laughs> Canadians are nice, right? And uh, I guess one of the other things, give or take, half of it's in French, right? It's Canadian. It's Canadian, which is kind of cool in one spot. But if you want to read the whole thing, you have to know French, or you have to like Google it, and that's just too much. That's a lot of work to read that a book. Is a lot. <laughs> like, no, oh, some of it you can get, but others are like. Okay, I'll just skip that part. I don't I don't know what this family's talking about, so I missed half the issue. But That's where they did the backstory. The character development. I know, right? <laughs> I know. You know, back in my lab where I created Captain Dark. No idea where he got his powers, no idea anything like that. But he did defeat an alien with an axe. Like a giant <laughs> giant suit of armor, he just axed it to death. Wow. Like, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, this uh, this time round, I did the indescribable Motor Mouth number one from June of 1992. Uh, the creative team was story was Graham Marks, pencils Gary Frank, inks Cam Smith, colors Steve White, letters Pete Prentice, editor Jackie Papp, and editor in chief was Paul Neary. This uh, book co-starred Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Do you know what S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for? Depends on what year you're talking about. They change it every, like, six months. In this this issue, it's Strategic Hazard Intervention and Logistics Directorate. They had to add the Homeland part for the movie. Because Homeland Security. Yeah, lame. So, the plot of the story is there's these immortals, I guess, and they create a... One of their scientists creates a time-jumping apparatus, and they make them into a pair of tennis shoes. This is Marvel UK, so... So... Let's keep that in mind. Her name is aptly fit because... Every word is uh, fucking, fucking this, but it's bleeped out, right? But you can tell, you know, fucking hell. She was on the cover saying that too. Yeah. You know, fuck me, right? And uh, so it tells the story about how Motormouth gets, you know, they, they're killing all these people and Motormouth is, steals these shoes from her friends and puts them on and they get attacked and she jumps all the way into the future 
where nobody's allowed to wear any type of fashion except for gray and they have a thing called the fashion police and it is straight up cheesy if you look at the cover it was like an attempt at Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> but right? those outfits were okay to wear in the future. That's the fashion police, I'm assuming? That's the fashion police. So they don't have to follow their own rules. No, they're, they can wear what they want. Yeah, see? I didn't get it either. Why wouldn't everybody not be applying for that job? So... <laughs> It just basically tells the story about how she jumps and she gets caught by the time police and now S.H.I.E.L.D. and this these immortals are after her before she makes another jump and it was kind of confusing and I didn't understand it. I don't remember. Yeah, go ahead. Ask your question because I had questions too. <laughs> so you say the S.H.I.E.L.D. and this, this other group of other groups chasing after her. They can track her with their into computers. Into the future. Into the future. They know when she's going to make another jump. Somehow. I don't know. Didn't you see this movie? Yeah. (laughs) It reminded me of... uh, What was that movie? Time Cop. Was it Time Cop? I I barely remember Time Cop. No dead air, so we got to come up with... Yeah, we'll call it Time Cop. No, just kidding. There's there's some kind of movie I've seen at some point that... Yeah, it's it's like a right out of a movie, right? So, we'll get to the thing, or thing that I liked about this book. The artwork was good. Really good artist. Gary Frank? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty decent art. He He's really good. Yeah. I liked his art. Um, that was it. The one thing that I, I did not like... And it kind of pissed me off after I realized it. I'm flipping through the book, right? I'm reading this last night. And I'm noticing... Oh, here's an ad for baseball. Here's an ad for basketball cards. Here's an ad for another baseball... Here's a baseball Nintendo game. Here's a baseball Super Nintendo game. I'm like, this was Marvel UK. Why wouldn't you make it centric to the UK? But in that time frame... Hold on. In that time frame, though, those were the sports games. I mean, there wasn't really well. A these were basketball, soccer, basket, basketball cards, and baseball cards. And I don't know if right. people were collecting that over in England at this time. Well, they weren't. It was different because they they published here and there, and they put our ads here. They put okay. Their ads there. Okay. So here's oh. here's what pissed me off. I was really excited because I thought I got an actual Marvel UK book, and it says. Copyright 1992 Marvel Comics UK Limited. Not for sale in the United Kingdom. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck this book. <laughs> fucking A. I'm never buying a goddamn book with fucking Marvel UK in the US ever again. No, you gotta you gotta find one that's in British pounds and then. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I just saw the UK <laughs> fucking logo up in the corner. I was all excited. And then I was like, and then, yeah, I noticed that. It's $1.75 fucking American and two fifty fifteen Canadian. I'm like, shit. I feel ripped off. 
Yeah, you gotta find like old death sets and stuff like that. It's a good thing I only paid what twenty five cents for it. It was at that show. What else from Marvel UK was there? I can't remember what all the stars oh, were. Oh jeez. There was a whole mess up. I because I got it. I got some other books. So, yeah, I was pissed off. So, that's what I had. <laughs> that's hilarious. Fuckers. Pendragon. That's right. They did Action Force, which is the GI Joe folklore. <laughs> wow. That's some sound effects for this show. Try and think. Battle type. Anything like what is Dark Angel. Stuff like that. Deathhead. Deathhead 2. Yeah, Deathhead is the one I remember. Hell's Angel. Kill Power. Ice Dragon. Which I thought was going to be great because I thought it was like Captain Britain and. Yeah. Union Jack and stuff like that. It was about King Arthur? No. No? It was about a secret organization, kind of like MI6. Oh, that's funny. I mean, they show up. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Okay, so they did a series. Where was this? In 2014. They had the Revolutionary War Alpha, and then Motormouth, Omega, Warheads. Seems like there's another one. Yeah, but it's all about him. I mean, I automatically think of Judge Dredd, too, but that was a Marvel. No, that was DC. (laughs) So, yeah. Make sure to look for pounds. Not dollars. I was so mad last night. I was like, this is bullshit. (laughs) Not for sale in the UK. Like, this is bullshit. This is an American story? I could have read something else. So, anyway. You know, but at least you like the art. I did like the art. The art was fantastic. You know. It's no Bill Sankiewicz, but, you know. Just kidding. Cool. Cool. So. All right. That wraps up another one. I've got 70s next time. Mm Mm-hmm. And Ryan, you got the independent? Or, yep, you got 80s independent? Yep, and I got 90s. And next got 90s. Yay! (laughs) Can't wait. It's been Kirk. Ryan. And Nick. So used to Arn just jumping right in. So. I listened to the... See you guys. See you guys.